Welcome to How to Love Forever. In this episode, we explore and define the five communication styles. We explain the difference between being assertive and being aggressive. We provide tips on how to break out of being passive and get your needs communicated. We share insight on how to tell if you're dealing with a manipulative communicator. And we help you pinpoint just what type of communicator you and your partner are. All coming up right right now. now. Hi. I'm Marco. And I'm Heather. We invite you on a journey of discovery as we explore techniques, tools, and inspiration to better our love lives and our sex lives. Join us as we travel the world, seeking out the stories that can help improve how we do romance and relationships. Come with us as we discover how how to to love love forever. Hi, love bunnies. Welcome to today's episode of How to Love Forever, where we boldly explore love, relationships, and sexuality. My name is Heather. Hi, love bunnies. I'm Marco. In today's episode, we are discussing the five communication styles. Now, this is a basic model of interpersonal communications that helps us to establish better communication patterns with people. It was originally developed for the workplace, but we felt it was a great model to adapt to relationships as well. Yep. Today's episode is kind of information rich, so we hope you're comfy and ready for a deep dive. Deep dive. Come with us as we explore these five communication styles. Deep dive. So everyone is always saying how communication is the key to having a good relationship. But let's be honest, that shit can just sound really vague and Mm -hmm. frou-frou, you know. So seriously, what does good communication even mean? Right. Well, we all say things. And from our own perspectives, we think we shared what is important to us in a way that makes sense. So there shouldn't be any confusion. But we don't always get the reaction we're looking for, do we? It's like not only are you speaking with certain filters, you're also listening with certain filters. And so, you know, a lot of times it just doesn't get either conveyed or even received right. 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 It reminds me of that movie Lost in Translation. Oh, my gosh. That was a good movie. Such a good movie. But, yeah, it doesn't always get across. So how can we find ways to be better at communicating and how can we understand the people that we're trying to connect with? So we came across these articles, links in the show description, and they talk about these five communication styles, which are geared more toward workplace relationships. But honestly, we saw that it's just as applicable toward a romantic ones as well. Mm -hmm. We're going to break it all down for you to help you understand yourself and hopefully your partner or partners at least a little bit better. Yeah. Sounds great. I'm all for it. Wonderful. What's the first style we want to talk about, Marco? (laughs) Well, first on the list is the assertive communication style. Now, this style is considered to be the most effective way to communicate because it allows you to get your point across in a confident manner while also not dismissing or demeaning the persons you're speaking with. So the assertive communication style is useful in every single kind of relationship, but it most definitely is a great tool to keep your romantic relationship on a good track. So what are some of the standard hallmarks of an assertive communicator? Well, I'm glad you asked. Some of the standard hallmarks of an assertive communicator are they make use of I statements, for example. Uh, They leave room for the other person to share their original thoughts as well. Uh, They do not allow themselves to be manipulated or abused. Mm. 
They are able to stay calm and relaxed, and they avoid veering into passive or aggressive tones. Okay, what do you mean by they make use of I statements? Could you clarify that? Yeah. So the assertive communicator is definitely good at saying the thing that they want to convey from a personal level, while sort of standing their ground. I mean, it's in the name, assertive communication. Right. So when they make use of I statements, say for example, in a situation where there's a conflict, instead of being like you always do this or you always do that, it's more about saying I perceive that this is what's going on and I need for it to change and I would like for us to work better at it. That kind of communication.、Mm, okay, so it's not attacking, but it is conveying their feelings, communicating their particular experience within it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Great. So when it comes to leaving room for the other person to share their thoughts as well, well, that's part of being assertive is not being afraid of somebody else's input too. So、mm-hmm. when you do that, what you're doing is you're making the I statement that you need to make. I feel this. I need this.、Mm-hmm. And then you step back and allow the other person to have their say as well.、Mm. See? Right. So they don't allow themselves to be manipulated or abused in the way that the manipulator communication style, for example, or the aggressive communication style, sometimes has a tendency to. So. From my understanding, being an assertive communicator is where a person is confident, is grounded and centered in themselves, and they don't need to be hesitant or pushed around. Yeah, they don't allow themselves to be manipulated or abused. So, if I was frustrated about something, I would say, "Hey, I'm frustrated because this happened, and I'm feeling this way. It seems as though it would serve us better if we approached it in X Y Z manner." What do you think about it? Leaving room for the other person to respond, and then if the other person responds in a, a an aggressive manner, well, you did this and you did that, and you know messed it all up for us. I could respond with, "I would appreciate it if you would address me with respect." And not try to attack me when all we need to do is resolve the situation. Yeah, that's part of it. It's part of not allowing yourself to be manipulated or abused, or to avoid veering into passive or aggressive tones. Right, and、You're、it's staying calm. You're able to stay calm, calm and relaxed. Yeah,、mm-hmm. uh, it definitely checks off all the hallmarks of what it is to be an assertive communicator. An assertive communicator is a pretty steady, pretty balanced person. So, how can a person become more assertive in their own communication? First off, it's kind of about staying. Conscious, so you got to take the time, even if it's a moment or a few days. Like whenever you're having a discussion or an argument with someone, you got to take the time to figure out what it is that you want for real, and then you work on a way to phrase what you need to say that is clear, you know,、mm-hmm. that is solution oriented, and that is not focused on being hostile toward your loved one or being accusative or anything like that.、Mm-hmm. So when you broach that conversation, you come in prepared. Uh, you have a little list in your head of what you need to say, and you state your needs, and then you ask how you can make that happen together.、Mm, together. Together. It's important to remember to stay calm and grounded, while also not using evasive language. Okay. So after you've made your statement, you listen. And if your partner is willing to hear you, then you're going to need to meet them in the middle and find that path forward together. 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 Yeah. So if you have a partner who is an assertive communicator, you got to respect their opinions and you got to give them room to speak by you showing you value them and their perspective. Even if you're not liking what you're hearing at that particular moment, they will in turn value you. 
They'll value your needs, and they'll come around to listening to your point of view. That's part of being an assertive communicator. No, that's great. Sounds healthy and useful, and all the right things. Yeah. Well, in the five communication styles, the assertive communicator is sort of the goal. That's the thing about these communication styles is that not all of them are as good as the others. There are some that are definitely like, oh, you're a shit communicator because you communicate like that. Uh-huh. And then there's ones that are like more ideal. And the assertive communication style is sort of the goal to attain in this particular set of models. It's kind of the the one you stay focused on, even if you veer towards some of these other communication styles. It's about rebalancing back towards being healthy and assertive. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. It's uh, you will always be tempted to use one of the other communication styles, but try your best to practice being an assertive communicator. It's like having good form, you know, whether it's in yoga or working out or singing. If you have a good form, then it's going to be healthier, better, and you're just going to enjoy it more. Absolutely. That is assertive communication style. What's the next communication style, Heather? Well, the next one I want to talk about is the passive communication style. Hmm. Passive communication is also called the submissive communication style. There are many of us who have had a tendency to use this one, and we're often referred to as people-pleaser types. So it's a method where the communicator has developed patterns of avoiding expressing their opinions or feelings and as, or asserting their rights or just plain pointing out and securing their needs. Passive communicators have a tendency to take a back seat, allowing our more assertive or aggressive communicators to steer the conversation. Wow. That sounds like a pushover. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely can veer into being a pushover, a doormat, anything along those lines. Yeah, those are not good adjectives to, to have labeled onto yourself. No, man. We can find it stressful to express ourselves. And by our wish to avoid conflict, it means that we never get what we truly need. And therefore, we don't actually evolve as mature people. So what are the hallmarks of passive communicators? How can you tell that you're dealing with a passive communicator? As I mentioned, we can find difficulty being self-assertive. Uh, we can let others willfully or unknowingly infringe on our rights or railroad us. Mm. We don't necessarily speak up for ourselves and we tend to be very apologetic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I definitely know people <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, and passive communicators tend to be quieter make less eye contact, and exhibit more submissive body posture. So it's kind of like in the animal kingdom, if you show yourself to be, you know, a quote-unquote weaker creature, then you leave yourself open to being taken advantage of. Absolutely. Right? So Law of the jungle. Survival of the fittest. If we're passive and pushovers, people are going to want to take advantage, which is why a lot of passive communicators end up being in relationships where they are the sub. By which you mean that they're more of a backseat relationship member instead of the person making all the decisions? They often end up in relationships where it could be abusive or manipulative, where they're being taken advantage of. That is tragic. It is. 
Now, passive communication is self-diminishing and evasive, but it doesn't mean that they're always calm or positive. Mm. In reality, this style can lead to a steady increase of resentment because the passive communicator doesn't clearly define or express themselves. So it's like somebody that's always trying to make nice in a situation. They're not having their needs met. Absolutely. Mm. You know, it's like somebody... So with my ex, for example... His needs were being met, but because I didn't want to create friction, Mm. I would allow his needs to take dominance over mine, Hmm. and then I would get more and more resentful, and I would lash out in passive-aggressive ways, which we will also talk about. So passive communicators can build up over time and then explode. Right. Uh, And then it's seen as like disproportional compared to the single thing which finally set them off. So it's like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of situation. But what other people see is you suddenly just lashed out over something little. Totally. It's that whole crying over spilled milk thing. You know, it's just something spilled. It's not a big deal. And yet it's a whole line of things that has been building up that they just never dealt with. And then, of course, after they finish throwing said fit and they calm down, they could end up feeling confused. They feel ashamed or guilty. They might start thinking they're crazy For because having had an outburst like that. <laughs> because they have an outburst like that. Like, why would I do that? What is wrong with me? And then they can start to believe, you know, if there's potential gaslighting happening on the other end of the relationship, they can start to believe that too because, well, they're acting. Acting like a crazy person, aren't they? Mm, So that makes them kind of slink back to expressing in a passive style because they kind of got chided either by other people or by themselves for that outburst behavior. Right. It's like they can't be trusted to be a mature adult, so they should let the other person or persons make the decisions for them. (laughs) Sounds like a cycle that's hard to break. It is. It's really hard to break. But if you want to evolve out of the passive communicator style, you got to learn to be more confident in the value of your contribution. It can be really hard, but you can do the fake it till you make it strategy. I've done it before. I definitely have imposter syndrome at times, but start small and you gradually develop greater confidence. Also, learn to say no. 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 (laughs) No is great. No is beautiful. (laughs) You know, you develop those healthy relationship boundaries and it can be in like the tiniest ways. No, I don't want to do that right now. Thank you, though. It doesn't have to be mean. You're just setting boundaries. It's also good to compromise, but don't give away what truly matters to you. Instead of yielding, look for win-win options and then offer them to your partner. So let me get this straight. If you identify yourself as a passive communicator and you have it in you to want to evolve out of the passive communicator style into something a little bit more assertive, so you would fake it till you make it? I don't understand that strategy. Okay. So for me, when I started working on becoming more assertive in my communication, I would choose something little that really doesn't matter. But what about like the type of coffee I want to have? No. I really don't want my coffee this week. I would much prefer a strong espresso French press. Boy, would you. (laughs) You know I love it. (laughs) 
But it's so simple and it doesn't matter in like long-term life things, but it allowed me to practice being more confident. Hmm. Okay. So fake it till you make it is about adopting the habit of somebody who is more assertive until you naturally develop that muscle within you. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like any other exercise, isn't it? You, right. You put something on and it doesn't feel natural or right. It might actually make you a little sore, but eventually it's just second nature. Right. It's it, kind of like starting with push-ups or starting with weights or starting with yoga. You don't go right into the heaviest, most extreme version of it. But if you start to pick up a little three pound or, or a little five pound weights, or if you do push-ups from your knees, you start to build up your strength. Yeah. And that exercise that we're talking about in the faking until you're making it is asserting what your needs are and also what your limits are. So that's where you start to say no. Mm -hmm. You discover where your limits are and then you begin to do that heavy lifting of saying no when they are challenged. Right. It also really helps to have a partner who is supportive and wants you to be more assertive. When you and I started dating, I had already been practicing being more assertive and setting boundaries, but having you as my partner made such a difference. I kind of pushed you more out of that shell that I found you in. Yeah, you sure did. You know, you gave me like gentle acknowledgments. You specifically put me on the spot asking for my opinions and preferences. I totally did a lot on purpose. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. What do you want, Heather? You're like, uh. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. What do you want, Heather? <laughs> and so, yeah, I had to I had to calm down. I had to get come from a place of being centered and grounded. Mm. And I would truly consider what I wanted. So something as simple as going to dinner, right? Where do you want to go to dinner? Oh, wherever you want to go, honey. Yeah, and then that just like, pissed me off to no end. It really did. <laughs> and yeah, I am easygoing. So it's hard sometimes to really be clear with what I want. Mm-hmm. So instead, I started practicing with, okay, well, I would either prefer Thai or Mexican. You choose out of those two. Yeah. And that's actually what I was doing with you as well, is I was like getting the endless number of choices that was giving you option shock, option <laughs> shock, down to like two choices and seeing which one you went with. Absolutely. And it, it made such a difference. It also helped that you were not dismissive of my input. You have to remember that passive communicators we're struggling with low confidence, mm -hmm. right? So if your partner is a passive communicator and say they, they give you input, but it's not going to work for you, well, point out the value. Say, okay, I value that. That makes sense. However, perhaps we could integrate this instead, right? So it's not about cutting them down. It's about working together as a team, you know? So when you offer that alternative, Act like you're voting on options instead of just nixing theirs. Uh-huh. Now, and also keep conversations positive and supportive. Don't be angry. Don't confront them. Because mm. otherwise, we'll shut down and then we start to build resentments and become passive aggressive. Yeah, that whole cycle. Yeah, it's And then explode stupid. and then like recede and then explode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. So that is the passive communication style in a nutshell. 
The third on the list is the aggressive communication style. This is kind of the bully of the communicating styles, where it's all about winning the conversation instead of coming to a uh, balanced result in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the person who's the aggressive communicator, they act as though what they have to say has more value than what anybody else does. And I think I used to be this guy when I was like in my 20s and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. I, I definitely think that I, I hope that I have evolved out of it, but I know that it definitely shows up every now and then. Well, we all have tendencies based on our past baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Anyway, uh, the person that does this, they they think that their words have more value than what anybody else has to say. And because of how well, you know, aggressive they come across, you know, oftentimes their message is completely drowned out by the aggravated emotions their challenging tone brings to the fore. So it's all about the winning It's not about the having a balanced exchange. It's not about having everybody's needs met. It's not about egoless conversation. It's just about the winning the fight that is that conversation, which really kind of sucks. It sounds as though it comes from a really fragile ego. Well, it does come from a fragile ego. A lot of these conversation styles come from an ego that is fragile in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you think that you might have an aggressive communicator as a partner, you'll find some of these hallmarks in your conversations with them. They make a lot of you statements. As in, you did this and you You did did that. that. You didn't wash the dishes. It's your fault about this. You said that. All of that kind of stuff. Shifting the blame, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they're basically like shooting arrows, you know? Each you statement is like an arrow that you're shooting. So they insult, they blame, they humiliate or diminish others with their speech patterns. They also frequently interrupt people because they kind of just think their information is more important than what everybody else is contributing. And because of that, they can be seen as kind of impulsive and loud. Like that one person that likes to push through the throng of subjects in a photograph and just position themselves right in front. You know, somebody who's like, just like that. that. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think we we all have experience with aggressive communicators. There, we had this uh, this one friend a while back, and every single time they came into a space, it didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter if you were already having a quiet conversation with another person or things were focused in a in a completely different way. Right. They would come in and immediately the entire room became about them, their stories and whatever was going on in their day. <laughs> yes, I totally remember that. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, but because of how these people communicate, their partner, if they have one, they can feel steamrolled, unimportant important bullied, uh, which then creates a toxic dynamic where the loved one ends up feeling like they have to defend themselves all the time, or leading to constant arguing or just folding in on themselves, passive style, you know, and often mm-hmm. lashing out in that passive aggressive fashion. So not healthy. Yeah, no, nah, but either way, the communication has been roadblocked. Neither partner is feeling heard or valued in the relationship, and it all just goes down the toilet. It all goes tits up. Tango uniform. <laughs> so what's the difference between being an assertive communicator and an aggressive one. I mean, they sound the same, right? They're both confident, right? They're both words that start with A and then they have a double letter at the beginning. No, no, no. Between an assertive communicator and an aggressive one, there's a world of difference. 
there's a real world of difference. Even though they are both confident, even if they both stand up for what they believe is important, basically the difference boils down to valuing the other person's feeling and opinions. So that is conveyed not just through the words that you choose, but also how you deliver the words. How loud are you being? Are you crowding people's personal space? Are you asking for their input? Are you actively listening to what they have to say? Are you proving that you're listening to what they have to say by asking important follow-up questions? Are you looking to solve the problem, not just win the argument? Are you a potato or a banana? So if you find yourself in a relationship with an aggressive communicator, you kind of have your work cut out for you. They're mm -hmm. a tough one to work with. Yeah, you, you got to set your boundaries. Yeah, you need to find ways to keep your boundaries. And you also got to lovingly get your point across, which might be more difficult than it seems at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you need to do that because otherwise you are just going to get steamrolled. Those I statements are super helpful. The ones from assertive communication. If they want to foster a healthy and sustainable dynamic with you, they will be open to finding a way to express their needs that doesn't feel like an assault. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's part of who they are and they don't feel that they need to change and they're like, that's just the way I am, etc., etc., and you feel like you can't handle who they are as an aggressive communicator, then honestly, perhaps you're both better suited for a different relationship. Yeah, and that's always hard to hear. We don't want to know that we could be in uh, an unhealthy dynamic or the person that we think is super awesome and we love and maybe we've created a life together with. But if we don't have enough in common and neither one is going to be able to or should change to suit the other person enough, well, you might need to consider that it might not be the best relationship for you. Here's, but obviously. Yeah, here's the thing. Relationships are about making room for each other in one's lives. Mm -hmm. And the problem with an aggressive communicator is that the more aggressive they are, the less room there is for others in their lives. Right. They just want to own the entire space, right? Yeah. They come in to any room like a boss, not really paying attention to what was already going on. And it's the same in their relationships. They come into a relationship like a boss, not paying attention to anything that was already going on. Mm -hmm. And so if you find yourself in that type of situation, you're going to have to put your foot down. And if you can't put your foot down and you don't like being treated like that, then maybe you should just kind of find somebody else. I agree. Now that I think on it, every single highly aggressive communicator I have seen, whether it's in my personal life or you know, on the news, they do not seem to be able to maintain and sustain healthy, long-lasting relationships. Yep. I've seen that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they just don't seem to understand why their relationships always implode. Huh. But seriously, if you seem to have constant issues with keeping people happy in relationships, you might want to look at how you're communicating with them. Absolutely. So what's the fourth communication style, Heather Pye? Oh, the fourth communication style is passive aggressive. <laughs> Ew, that sounds yeah. smelly. What does that even mean? <laughs> it is kind of smelly. Well, like the name might imply, it's both passive and aggressive. I'm sure we all know someone like this or have been like this ourselves, where on the surface, we got this whole mild-mannered, non-aggressive vibe. It's mm -hmm. all cool. But underneath, we've got this swirling maelstrom of resentment and anger. It gets super icky. Ew. Right? So some of the standard hallmarks of a passive-aggressive communicator are a frequent use of 
heavy sarcasm. Oh, really? Oh, sure. As if. <laughs> oh, gee, you did such a great job with that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what do you want, a gold star? <laughs> wow, don't you look amazing today. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but being serious, it's, it's true. They can have difficulty expressing their anger. Mm. They can pretend to cooperate while actually sabotaging progress. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they feel and remain stuck. So they are unable to mature or grow. Well, that just sounds mean. I mean, it sounds like the passive-aggressive type hurts everybody that it affects. It really does, man. Communication is blocked, solutions are not found or implemented, and evolution is just plain impossible. Mm. So if you think this describes you, how can you work to communicate better? How can you break out of your passive-aggressive, super-toxic cycle? Become uh, a comedian? <laughs> that doesn't always work for some of them. But well, okay. So first, you got to figure out what you're actually upset about, mm. right? Are you being ignored or underappreciated? Are you actually addressing the issues, or are you trying to hide them under the rug? Then mm. consider what are you looking to accomplish when you approach your loved one to share your perspective. Do you just want to hurt them the way you've been hurting? Like I am certain I did in my previous unhealthy relationship because at that point, it was just nasty, toxic cycles over and over again? Or are you there to truly find a solution together? Hmm. So if you work on taking the approach of an assertive communicator, you can find ways to express your feelings from a place of confidence and love while helping your partner understand what you would like to resolve together. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What if your partner is being passive-aggressive with you? Ugh, if your partner is being passive-aggressive with you, don't try to fight fire with fire. Treat them with the love and respect an adult deserves and work to understand what their underlying issue is. It's quite possible that their frustration has nothing to do with you, but it could be exacerbated by something about which they feel they have little to no control over. Hmm. So sit down with them, give them space to vent, find out what's really going on, and then work to create a solution together. But also, you got to get through to them that you're going to be able to respond better and your relationship will be a lot more enjoyable if they're able to keep that passive-aggressive shit out of your loving dynamic. Yeah, keep that passive-aggressive shit out of the loving dynamic. Rule number one of Love Club. <laughs> you just got to cut through the crap. Like, don't try to be passive aggressive. Don't use sarcasm. Don't try to hurt me because you're frustrated. Let's talk as adults. Let's talk as people who love and respect each other and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not necessarily a particularly palatable communication style, but a lot of people exhibit it. And you got to deal with it. And those are the ways to deal with passive aggressiveness. Now, the fifth and final communication style on this particular list is the manipulative communication style, which is, yeah, it's the other shit communication style. It's like the shit, shit, shit of the communication styles. That's right. Love Bunny's bottom line is don't be passive aggressive and don't be manipulative. Those are the shit communication styles. Don't be the shit one in the relationship. <laughs> it's a relationship, not a relationship. That's right. Don't take a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so the manipulative communication style uses cunning, deception, control as the basis of communication, right? So influencing your partner's thoughts and decisions in manipulative ways. And that's not cool. 
That's, it ain't cool. In fact, you could even say that being passive aggressive is a form of being manipulative, but、mm-hmm. it is its own category because manipulative communicators don't just do passive aggressive, right?、Mm-hmm. They might be doing passive aggressive on purpose in order to get you to do stuff, but the passive aggressive person is just naturally passive aggressive, so they just need to evolve out of that. Manipulative communicators can be all kinds of sneaky things. They don't express their true thoughts or feelings. Rather, they cover up their real wants and goals under various forms of camouflage to get their way without their partner even understanding what is happening.、Hmm. So, would you say that passive aggressive is kind of unconscious with their manipulation, while a truly manipulative communicator is very aware of what they're doing? I can agree with that. I see. I mean, I'm no psychologist and I'm no interpersonal sociologist. Blah blah blah. I'm no <laughs> relationship expert. I'm just a guy that puts together a podcast about this stuff. <laughs> But it seems to me that that's a good distinction. Hmm. Okay. So, with passive aggressive people. It could be just their natural passive aggressiveness, but with manipulators, their camouflage can be passive aggressiveness because it, it's like all kinds of emotional games is what a manipulator uses. So little white lies, outright disinformation,、uh, blame games, all of those kind of things. So manipulators are usually considered the most insincere and patronizing of communication styles. So, if your partner is like this, and、uh, you become aware that you're getting played by a manipulator, often, like you as a partner, you're probably going to move quickly to eliminate that person from your life.、Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, and when it comes to manipulative style, I mean. <laughs> Okay, as a chaotic, neutral human being, I admit that it can be useful in general society in order to defuse dangers or reduce irritation in the workplace and stuff like that. So, like learning manipulation as a skill is is understandable, but this style is not recommended within relationships at all because it isn't a communication style based on emotional respect. Right, and I understand that it can be useful, but from somebody who prefers to live life with integrity. Like manipulation, oh, it just it makes me nauseous. No, it really it. does. I get it, but sometimes it's as important to learn a little manipulation to deflect a potentially worse situation as you would learn kung fu. You don't want to have to use kung fu, right? But right. it's good to know it. I it's, suppose it's that same kind of logic. It's like it's like knowing how to fire off a gun. You know, you don't want to ever have to, but at least you know how to use it. So that's the way I see manipulation. And maybe if. You understand how manipulation works, then it's easier to spot, and、yeah. so you can avoid getting manipulated by others. Absolutely, learning how it works is a good way to avoid having it worked on you. And a manipulative communicator is definitely avoided. It's best avoided in a relationship. But if identified late and you're already in a relationship with a manipulator, you should encourage yourself to practice assertive communication. But you always got to watch out behind you because things may not be as they seem with that type.、Mm. Is it because they often have an underdeveloped sense of compassion? Yeah, that might be the cause of this style of communication.、Uh, is、mm. an underdeveloped sense of compassion. Gosh knows where it comes. From in your developmental history as an individual, but、mm. it could definitely be one of the reasons.、Mm. You know, the thing about manipulative communicators is they're like assertive communicators, and with that, they know what they want. They're like aggressive communicators in that they possess clear goals, all of that. Right? The problem isn't their aggressiveness or their assertiveness; it's the strategy of misdirection they employ to meet their needs. Obfuscation, one might say. Obfuscation. They are the obfuscation station. 
So how can people break out of being manipulative communicators? You've got to learn to balance your partner's needs with your own, for starters. Because mm. once a manipulative communicator learns that, they could achieve great relationship results, creating excitement, positive dynamics. So if you suddenly realized that you're a manipulative communicator and you want to evolve out of that, you could start with being more truthful with your needs and desires. You got to learn the courage to ask for what you want because it might also be what your partner also wants. You got to learn to accept that if the reply to what you want is not what you would prefer, you got to live with compromise based on mutual truth instead of trying to sneak your way to get what you want. But being able to compromise means you also have to value the other person. Gosh, Marco, that sounds like a lot of work. Why? It is a lot of work. It's called being a decent human being. Being a decent human being requires work. Oh. It's homework to not be a fucking savage. <laughs> Dang it. Civilization's so tricky. Absolutely. Civilization is tricky. So, again, if you're wishing to evolve out of the manipulative communication style, you really need to learn to be truthful with your needs and desires. And you got to know how to ask for what you want. And you got to accept when you don't get what you want. Because sometimes your relationship runs on that kind of balance. So you also have to acknowledge that this style of communication will invariably foment resentment in your partners. You got to know that. If you're a manipulator, nobody likes that. Nobody likes to be treated disingenuously. And it's easy for others to feel burnt by this style of communication. So as you evolve out of this, style, expect your partners to be distrustful of your motivations. You got to make room to build trust, huh? Yeah. They know you're a sneak. You got to prove them wrong over time. And that requires being consistent and open about your continued development. You got to own up to the fact that you've been a manipulator before and that you're trying to be better. Mm -hmm. You got to remember to seek compromises and outcomes that benefit everybody, not just you. Mm. Right? So you got to learn to think of the needs of others more reflexively because that's not in your nature. So if you want to change, you need to practice thinking of the needs of others more reflexively. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Fake compassion till you make it. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's like working to consciously value others. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of the opposite of the passive communicator where the passive communicator has to fake mm -hmm. their self-assertion until they make it. The manipulative communicator has to fake their compassion for others instead of their compassion for self. They have an overblown sense of compassion for self. That's a, that's a good way to put it. So what if you're in a relationship with a manipulative communicator? What, right. what, should, what should you do? If you're not the manipulative communicator, if you find yourself in a relationship with a manipulative communicator, well, it's similar to an aggressive communicator. You're going to have to try to encourage a new pattern of assertive communication. Mm -hmm. You got to calmly point out when they resort to emotional arguments. Uh, you, you can't let them change the topic of conversation to meet their own agenda. You got to stay focused on the point. You got to recognize the point of a conversation. You got to focus on it and you can't stray from it when you are having a conversation or an argument with a manipulative communicator. You got to stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> stay, stay on, on target. target. Well, right, because they're they're very good. They're if they're skilled at manipulating, it means that they're really good at changing the point of the conversation. Oh and yeah, it'll be a shell game. Distracting you. It'll yeah. be a total shell game. Mm -hmm. You know, and you'll be like, what, 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 what? And before you know it, you're done. As in, you got done. 
oh, I'm I'm very familiar with this from, again, previous relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as you stay on target and as you stay focused and you stay sharp with, with them, uh, you also can't bluntly criticize them. You got to rather employ the tactic of assertively restating their words to clarify what they mean while at the same time volunteering a new way for them to say it. So mm-hmm. if you if you want to point out that they're being sneaky, it's not like, hey, you're being sneaky, you know? It's much more like, okay, what you just said is this. So do you think that might mean instead this or this? <laughs> so vague. <laughs> Okay, manipulative communicators will naturally tend to thwart the balance, the, the, the equity of a conversation to suit their own agendas. So you just got to stay focused. Totally. And, and with manipulative communicators, honestly, you just have to be patient and calm in your conversations with them. You got to stand your ground with your wants and your needs because eventually they will realize that you're not going to fall prey to their communication style, that you aren't going to get suckered, that you're on to them, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So politely, firmly refuse to let them manipulate you. Eventually, they will adjust their approach. They'll become more compassionate. They'll become more balanced in dealing with you as a partner. And if they don't, ditch that asshole. That's right. Ditch them. Sometimes they're going to try to manipulate you after you ditch them. <clears throat> Personal experience. Uh-huh. Stay on target. Yeah, absolutely. Even after the relationship has come to an end because you realize they're not going to change, stay on target because they're going to try to get you back. They're going to try to suck you back in. I mean, we both had our experiences with exes trying to pull us back in with emotional-based arguments. I mean, my ex used threats of uh, suicide to try to get me back into a relationship after the, gosh, I don't know how many times we broke up, but like glommed back together because, Mm -hmm. you know, manipulation and gaslighting and all that. And when I finally, finally actually left and we were separating all the things and yeah, he tried all of the techniques to try to manipulate me back into that unhealthy dynamic with him. And it was like the final one. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Well, that would be dumb. Why would you do that? Oh, because you left me, you know, it's no worth it's not worth living with that, you know, without you and as my girlfriend and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, honestly, if you do decide to kill yourself, that'll be stupid, but I'm not going to change your mind. It's up to you. Yeah. And that's, look, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't really tell anybody what to do when somebody's threatening to kill themselves over you. However, as an individual, you got to understand that's not your responsibility. Mm-mm. It really isn't. And if it is a form of emotional manipulation, the way it seems to have been with your ex, don't fall for it. It's a shell game. Before it, you know it, you mm-hmm. know, you're just like hooked back in and you're feeling responsible for them. And then you're like the passive person in the relationship while they're dominating you with their mm-hmm. aggressive, manipulative ways again. You mm-hmm. know, that's not a place you want to be. And if all they're doing is threatening with suicide, it's like, come on, man. Really? Here's a knife. (laughs) No. No, do it. I'll video it. (laughs) Do it. Do it. I'll video it. No? No, you're not. Oh, but you said all the times, all these times. All of those times. Wow. Now, by contrast with my ex, she was kind of suicidal, but she did not realize that she was. So it was lifestyle suicide. Mm-hmm. where she almost killed herself a couple of times during the time that we were in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But it was because of self-loathing as opposed to trying to manipulate people. 
But she was trying to manipulate me in other ways, though. There were certainly moments where the manipulative side, every time that I tried breaking up, it was all about challenging me to do better at being the kind of relationship member that she wanted. I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? She would point out ways that I had failed. <laughs> right? She would point out ways that I had failed and essentially saying things like, well, if you want me back, then you won't do this and you won't do that. And I was like, I don't want you back. But then she would like sneak right back into the relationship and start trying to shape me to be that person that was in her brain. Wow, that is some skill. And I was a little too emotionally exhausted from other things in my life to really be able to see what was going on. And again, uh, as I said in the first episode, she is the person that made me realize that I needed to figure out relationship stuff, relationship techniques in order to do it better. Mm -hmm. And that's and that what you said about being emotionally exhausted. I think that is definitely a technique of manipulators to either take advantage of emotional exhaustion or to work to create emotional exhaustion so you just aren't able to spot the patterns and stand up for yourself. Yeah, well, that's the predation aspect of the emotional manipulator. It's like a shark knowing which fish from a, from a school of fish to go after or like a wolf knowing which one is the weakest caribou and going after that one. You mm -hmm. know, they'll find somebody to feed on. Yeah, much like being a passive person, you know, a passive communicator, those of us who have that tendency, we tend to be the weakest target. So we have to understand where our tendencies lies and work to become more confident and assertive. Yeah, yeah. So this is a spectrum basically from best to worst. Mm -hmm. You know, and you've got like the assertive communicator is the best. And then you've got some a couple of other communication styles that, you know, are better than bad. And then you've got a couple of communication styles that are crap and you should change them immediately. Mm -hmm. If you, you want know. to be healthy and happy, you need to work your way out of them yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Wow. So those were the five communication styles. What a ride. They are all vastly different. Um, so, yay. Now we are armed with everything we need to know about how to communicate. Is that correct? <laughs> oh, bless your heart. No. No, it's not correct. First, oh. this was a little overview of five of the main communication styles. But we're also going to be breaking down four different message types mm. in our episode next week. Oh, yeah. Right. The five message types. Four yes. message types. Oh, yeah. Right. The four message types. We know all about them. <laughs> we do know all about them, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> and learning about those was surprisingly enlightening. Really excited to dive farther into that with you all. Um, that would be next week. But for now, let's sum up what we covered today. Well, as we said, today we explored the five primary communication styles. We talked about how assertive is the most effective communication style. Some of the ways to be assertive and get your point across. Yeah, and how to avoid being a jerkwagon communicator. That's right. Ways to spot manipulation and how to avoid letting it affect you. Yeah. And what about you? Have you figured out which communication style you tend to use? <laughs> Let us know. You can hit us up on the socials. You know we love to hear your feedback because this stuff is not only fascinating, but constantly useful in our lives. Well, that's our show for today. 
And thank you very much for joining us. And remember, you can always reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash how to love forever and Instagram at how numeral to love forever. We are always looking to hear your feedback, what you would like for us to cover. And maybe if you would like to share your perspective and insights as one of our amazing guests, you could share your story with us. And if you would prefer to stay anonymous instead, just email us at contact at how to love forever.com. We are happy to keep your sexy identity secure upon request. You know it. And if you feel that the show we're putting together provides some value, is good for the world, or just plain entertaining, we would love for you to join our community on Patreon. Patreon! We have a whole range of relationship levels you can choose from, and the more committed you become, the more we're going to be able to open up and share with you. Bomb diggity! So join us next week for a highly enjoyable review of the four message types. Yep. It's like the content of your communication instead of the style in which you deliver it. That's right. We will find out next week how the communication styles are like types of tortilla and the message types are like type of taco meat. All the filling. <laughs> Now I'm hungry. <laughs> so until then, love puppies, remember, love deep. Love hard. Love forever. Let's go get some tacos. I know, I'm so hungry. <laughs>